Welcome to Coworking Out Loud, where we explore the deeper side of coworking, content, and community. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. Hey friends, in this episode of Coworking Out Loud, I'm talking with my friend Caleb Parker, who is an absolute force in the co-working, shared space, flex space, commercial real estate world. Uh, he's really active with content creation. His brands are super strong. He has a great story and a wealth of information to share. We definitely speak the same language around brand, and I'm really excited for you to hear this one. See you on the other side. Welcome to Coworking Out Loud, Caleb. I'm so glad to have you here. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've been a big fan of yours for a while and you came on my podcast and I just love what you're doing for the industry. Thank you, Caleb. And likewise, and I realized I know kind of bits and pieces of your story, but I have the sense that it's very interesting. So let's backstep a little bit before we get into the co-working content community piece of this. I'd love to hear your story and your entrepreneurial journey that's brought you here. Ooh, um, <laughs> maybe give you the, you the, the speed version. Okay. Um, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life, um, from Savannah, Georgia in the U S live in London, England. Now, um, I had a small business when I was 20 years old. Um, won't go into all the details, but, um, ended up coming to Washington DC and not wanting to start a business cause I was starting a relationship. And um, so I, I uh, joined Regis back in the day, um, fell in love with our industry, not so much Regis. Um, I can say that, right? You can um, say that. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, but uh, I, I love how our industry supports entrepreneurs. And um, when, when I left Regis, I started my own flex brokerage to help continue supporting entrepreneurs. And um, I came to London to um, set up uh, MediumRooms.com, an online booking platform um, for meeting rooms around the world. So, so we launched Bold to make real estate easier for entrepreneurs, and we partnered with landlords. Uh, we created a platform to bring flex space into office assets um, to partner with landlords to enable them to have co-working and flex space on offer um, in spaces that they might not usually um, be able to sell on a lease. Um, and then uh, in 2019, we got acquired by NewFlex, which is an operator uh, in the UK. Um, and we plugged into their infrastructure to, to grow that brand. And then I came out of that last year, and now we've set up um, Brave Corporation. You know, and Caleb, for one thing that really strikes me is you've been on this ride for the last... 10 or so years where it's completely changed. And just, I, I'd love to hear kind of a big picture takeaway of what you, what you see from where the industry was when you started to what you're seeing now, like some of the things that excite you and maybe some of the things that concern you. Well, I guess back in the Regis days, um, you know, there was not too many management agreements happening. It was a lease arbitrage model, serviced office companies, executive suites, co-working. Um, we signed a lease with the landlord, and then we we made the the margins on that through a lease arbitrage model. Um, and I think in a in a very um, good economy, you can make good money doing that. 
Um, and in a bad economy, that's it, it doesn't work either for the operator or the landlord. Um, and so um, I think this is where the partnership model I th I'm a big fan of. And so I'm really pleased to see that coming uh, to the forefront of our industry. Um, but uh, back in 2011, 2010, 11, 12, somewhere around there, um, I sort of started seeing in my flex brokerage companies not going out and getting leases or getting it, even going into a, a flex space. They were just working from home. And I just saw this sort of move towards this agile working. Um, and then fast forward to the whole COVID pandemic and uh, a lot of people, or almost everybody had to do that, right? Yep. But we could do that 10, 15 years ago. So there's only a small percentage of the population that was tapping in the space on demand back then. Now we can all do it. Um, so I think that's going to put rocket boosters on the co-working industry, in my opinion. Yeah, likewise. And the way I hear it spoken about, and I agree completely, is that COVID took what was already happening and just accelerated it by 10 years. It just forced people to figure it out. It's like the agile, the flex, the remote, the hybrid, it just really forced the issue instead of being kind of a luxury or kind of an outlier thing that some companies were doing. It's like every company was faced with that, whether or not they're, they're still doing it. Exactly. And it's amazing that we're still having this kind of conversation because it just seems so natural and obvious um, to me. And there's so many people that have embraced it for so long um, for people to still be thinking about an old way of working. It just feels foreign these days. Yep. Yep. It does feel foreign. And Caleb, I know that you and I speak the same language around brand and the importance of brand. And before I understood what bold was, I was familiar with the brand and the vibe and the aesthetic and the energy around it. And now yes. you've built Brave Corporation and it's a similar thing. Like you start with the brand. I just can feel that. So I want to dig into that. Like, let's go some high level, how you think about brand with your own stuff. And then also just kind of the importance of building an intentional brand for any company. I think, um, as, a, as an entrepreneur, when we're going out to solve problems for our customers, we really, the, the best entrepreneurs understand their customers because they've experienced the same pains that those customers have had. So they are their first customer, basically. Mm. They're building, they're solving a problem around that pain that they've had. And, um, and, and I've sort of lived that through 10 years ago when, when I was setting up my flex brokerage, I was working from home. And that's kind of got me thinking about this way because I saw customers then starting to say, well, do I need an office? And if I'm advising a customer to get an office, but I'm working in my kitchen, <laughs> yeah. then what is, that's weird. So that's what led me to create my first startup over in Washington, DC. Um, and so I think brand naturally can come to some entrepreneurs because of the, the authenticity around solving those problems for their customers. And they just sort of, it's in their DNA, it's in everything they do and they speak. Um, when we set up the Bold brand in 2016, we wanted to solve a problem for other people like us that were like, you know what? We want to improve the world. We want to make a positive impact. Here's some problems that we have. Uh, we want to go solve those problems for those people. And 
in order to do that, we have to speak their language. But it's not hard for us to speak their language because we are also them. And so for me, back then and now, of course, um, I'm inspired by funky patterns and colors and cool art. Um, I like luxury, but I also like being down to earth. And so the juxtaposition of that sort of premium feel, but also not feeling like I'm in a Ritz-Carlton was important for me. And so when we started thinking about how we wanted to design our spaces, how we wanted to talk, um, we just wanted to be ourselves. We didn't want to put on a, a, a hat and say, this is our brand. We wanted to be ourselves. And I think that hopefully that shines through and we wanted to be able to um, take our customers and put them front and center and share our customers' pain, share our customers' successes and make them champion them. And hopefully that's what you've seen through our social media. It is. And I want to take it one layer deeper, Caleb, because since I've known you a handful of years now, we've, we've known each other, um, bold, brave, misfit, misfit mindset, uh, <laughs> uh, making an impact in the world. It's like there's definitely an undertone here of like, just those words. I mean, I can't say more than those words say. So what I'd love to know is like, in in your own story, in your own journey, how have those things impacted you? And how like those were, those are important enough words to you that you've created brands and businesses around them, which I think is rad. And it definitely resonates with you. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. I think it goes back to when I played football in American football for our European friends. <laughs> um, when I played football in, in South Georgia, my freshman year in high school, I was the smallest person on the team and I had to work extra hard. I had a chip on my shoulder. Um, and by the time I was a senior in high school, I was the second fastest person on the team. Although there's probably some of my old teammates that would like tell me I'm lying here. <laughs> uh, they're probably, they were probably faster than me, but um I think the mindset that I had to have to uh, to grow as a as a football player has has helped me uh, in my life. And um, you know, when I talked about earlier about you know being authentic and being ourselves and in sharing ourselves with the world, in a it's about taking those that mindset and attracting customers that feel the same way. So I've not been shy about that. And I think in in real estate when. Um, when I was like, okay, well, I'm sitting at my kitchen table trying to tell people they should have an office, but really they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't get an office yet. They should get an office on demand when they need it, but they don't need it right now. That was foreign to other brokers. And, you know, every time I've thought about the changes that I wanted to see in the world, uh, if I've spoke up about them, I've been sort of, I've felt like people thought of me as a misfit. I felt like a misfit and it's the moments that, you know, we stand up and challenge the status quo that we have to be bold. We have to be brave. So I did a lot of thinking back then and and that's just my ethos, but I wanted to create a business and a brand around people who had the same kind of mindset. Yeah, me too, Caleb. And it resonates so deeply with me because, uh, I, (laughs) 
I think of and talk of myself as being a misfit. My mom said, she goes, you're not a misfit, you're a standout. Thanks, mom. But that thing, like there's not much about me or my life that fits easily into like some, a little box. And um, sometimes that's tricky, but mostly I really appreciate it because it has forced me to get really clear about who I am, what I believe in, who I want to work with, who I want to be around, who resonates with me. And um, I resonate with people who oftentimes are wildly different than myself, but we share a similar thing of like wanting to do good in the world, wanting to be real, wanting to be true. That disconnect you're talking about, like working at your kitchen table while advising people to get an office. It's like lucky us as entrepreneurs that when we bump into something where there's a bit of a a friction or something, we can adjust it. We can look at it and be like, okay, what does this mean? Do I need to shift something internally? Do I need to change something externally? But um, that, that rings through in all of your work. And I admire you so much for bringing that like, that energy, that kind of fierce, fiery, misfit energy to the world. Um, I really love it. And one of the things that you're great at that I believe wholeheartedly is being kind of a content-driven brand. I don't know if you think of yourself in that way, but you're very present with the podcast, with the social media, with sharing and being being forward-facing as the leader of your brand. And I feel like that's where we are and that's where we're going, that people don't want to know, people don't want to hear from faceless brands, right? They want to hear right from the person who created it. What is this about and, and what are we working on here? So how do you think about your content and kind of how you interface with the world. Well, I think it's important as creators, um, cause as entrepreneurs, we're creators, um, and as leaders of businesses, we're, we're creating, whether it's creating momentum or, you know, creating culture, we're still creators. And, and in order to do that, we have to share, uh, we have to share our thoughts and our ideas and our values and put all that front and center. Uh, and then, because then we're going to attract people who are aligned with that. And whether that's attracting people to our team, attracting people to invest in us, attracting people to be our customers, we want to attract like-minded people. And to do that, we have to share. And um, but also to change the world, um, we have to we have to share what the world could look like. And um, look, I think often people share things that might sound silly to us because we don't see the same future as they do. And having a healthy debate around um, ideas is very important to sharpening those ideas to create the future. Mm. And so for me, sharing the content that I do, whether that's through my podcast or whether it's through my LinkedIn, um, it's, it's about putting out these ideas, putting out these values that I believe in. And uh, I'm not always right. And people do slap me around sometimes on social media. And that's okay <laughs> because it, it allows me to, to sharpen. But um um, I think it's important that we do that though. And I think I would encourage everybody to, to put those ideas out there. Um, and the other thing I'll say about that is when we put our ideas out, they, they, they start becoming more tangible because it, because ideas, are, ideas really are, are, are not worth anything and the execution is what's worth everything, right? But we yep. have to get the ideas out there to be able to execute. And so that, that's kind of how I think about it. And, you know, if that helps me attract customers or team members or investors, fantastic. Yeah, Caleb. And 
when we put our ideas out there, it forces us to refine them as much as we can. There's a, a thing about writing, a kind of a saying, it says we don't write to express ourselves, we write to understand ourselves, right? Like mm -hmm. when you sit down and start hammering out some things, it really forces you like, what am I saying here? What do I think about this? What's the, what's the best way to get this message across? And then continually refine that, right? You and I have been talking about work and space and everything for a long time. And my language has changed. I, your language has changed. Like it kind of evolves and, and shifts along with things, but I'd love to get your take. Where are we going with all of this? Like if you look forward, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years in terms of office space, in terms of how teams work, in terms of space, third space, workspace, where do you think we're going with all of this? That's a big question, um, and 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 I'd be the first to say I don't I don't know. Um, I think that in the past many decades, um, when it comes to work, we valued um, output and and time in, and I think the future, particularly when you bring up you know AI and you know all of these other uh, technologies that, that that give superpowers to humans, I believe. Um, it's going to be less about the, um, the, the time that we, that we, that we, the, the doing that we do, it's more about thinking to me. It's okay. Well, if I have an AI that I can say, okay, I, I, I want to accomplish this and it gives me three or four different paths that I can accomplish that. And then if I tell it which one to go, it goes out and does maybe, maybe not yet, but, um, <laughs> There's more value to me on, okay, thinking as a human, um, what is the right path forward for my specific task at hand? Um, so that opens up a whole can of worms on what that can mean for the workforce, for, you know, and then if you bring it back to offices, um, I don't think anybody can say we know what's going to happen yet. But I do believe that ideas are going to make or become or will become more valuable, but only because of the execution that ends up happening as a result of them. Yeah, Caleb, I agree. I was at a generative AI event the other night, and he was showing us a lot of the new graphic tools and things. And it struck me that if anyone can create any graphic on demand, it no longer becomes the the creation of the graphic, it, it becomes the idea before the graphic. Same thing with content. If anyone can plug in a generic idea for a generic blog post, that post has zero value. It's the idea before that of like, what's, what's the interesting angle? So it really, I love that shift from like the making of to the idea aiding behind things. It's really rich, interesting territory for humans. Absolutely. And if you ask a hundred people the same question, you're going to get a hundred different answers on certain things. And if I bring it full circle back to brand for a moment, I think that I believe our industry, especially as people are less, uh, what's the word, less connected to going into the same spot every single day, it, it requires our industry to be put our values out there to share our ideas so we can attract people who are aligned with those. 
Yeah. And I think that's where brand becomes reinforced. A hundred percent. I'm concerned for space operators who are not considering their brand as their biggest differentiator, because in the next 10 years with this explosion of spaces, it's going to be really hard to stand out if you don't know who you are or who you're for. It's like, now's the time to really like pick your lane and be the best at, in that lane, because there's just going to be so many, so many spaces. I think it's hard to even conceive of it. I, I think so too. And this is where I always keep saying that our, the future of our industry looks like the hotel industry. Um, you could probably name a dozen or so brands in the hotel industry. And as soon as you name them, you know, what, you know what to think about, you know what to expect. Um, I think that not so much in a, that becomes a bit of a commodity in that direction. But I think when we bring in the ideas and the values and we share what we really care about um, in our content, then that's going to attract customers who feel the same way or, or get inspired by those ideas. And that's important, in, in my opinion, to our industry. And because where do people want, where do they, if they can choose to go to a certain spot, where are they going to go? They're going to go where they feel like they belong and they're going to go where they feel taken care of. Yep. I mean, it's that simple and that challenging, <laughs> right? Easy peasy. <laughs> Easy peasy, belonging, taken care of, check. Okay, Caleb, for people who aren't already tuned into you, um, what are you focused on now? Tell me what you're doing with Brave Corporation. What are you working on? So we've sort of cheekily called ourselves the next generation real estate company. Um, I spent three and a half years flying around the world, talking with landlords on how they can bring flex co-working into their portfolios, um, realized pretty quickly that there's that often that conversation comes at the end of a business plan of the asset and you've got to wedge in a flex business plan into the asset mm. business plan and it doesn't always work. So, um, I'm looking at real estate now in terms of what I call a full stack model where we, we at the very beginning of the asset business plan, we bring flex in, we bring co-working hospitality with community at its core. And, um, and so that means if I take, for instance, if I'm going to get really granular here for a second, um, if I think a hundred thousand square foot building, maybe half of it is traditional leases. I'll bite. Maybe they're taking five year leases versus 10 and 20 now. Right. And they're coming from three floors to one, but the other 50% are food and beverage, um, co-working, uh, event space, meetings, et cetera. Um, and so we're buying those buildings, repositioning, bringing that experience in um, with capital partners, and we're partnering with existing owners. Um, but as the next-gen real estate company and the brand that we're creating, we want to be able to say yes to our customers wherever work takes them. Um, so... What that means, though, is because we can't buy in every single market that our customers might have work in or ha might have employees in. Um, we are building a network that partners with um, a curated mix of operators who are delivering on the same values, community, and hospitality that we are. So that when our customers need a place in New York or San Francisco or Sydney or Dublin, um, we're able to connect them with a partner in, in those markets. So it allows us to help our customers beyond our four walls. And that's what I believe the next gen real estate company is. 
Smart stuff, Caleb. I love the big swings, like the the brave, bold, misfit swings of like we're, <laughs> we're charging forward. I always think like for me, I try to be a niche of one. It's like, right, where can I go where nobody's doing what I'm doing? And um, I get that. I get that vibe from you, just like pushing boldly ahead. Um, what else should we mention that I haven't asked? What else is on your mind? Well, I think the um, I'm, I'm really... I guess I'm really thankful uh, for the Work Bold podcast audience that um, that we've had for a few se- ten seasons. Wow. Um, but I want to I want to shout out to the Misfits mindset that you mentioned earlier. Um, as as an entrepreneur, as someone who champions entrepreneurs, I've really am in, interested in the mindset behind what makes that person tick, especially with all the challenges and the pivots and the decisions we have to make along the journey. Um, so we did a season of the Misfits Mindset, and I'm looking forward to interviewing more entrepreneurs who are scaling companies, particularly the people who are trying to make a positive impact in their corner of the world. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to shout that out. Yeah, of course. And I let's shout out also Brave Ideas newsletter. Tell me what you're doing with that. Can't miss that. And uh, <laughs> big shout out to Lucy McNally for that yep. because she's the driver behind that seat. Um, look, I think, um, you know, there's, the real estate industry has, is having a fundamental shift. Um, all the things that, that, that we're doing as the, quote, next-gen real estate company, the market opportunity is so huge. Um, if we're lucky, we're going to be this big in a whole big ocean of um, next-generation real estate mm. companies. So we want to share um, all the things that we're doing, what we're learning. Um, but, but we believe that a rising tide lifts all ships. So we're looking to partner with, bring in other people in the industry who are also sharing their brave ideas. And we want to um, bring them up for everybody to learn as well. Brave ideas. So good. Okay, Caleb, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, my LinkedIn, social media, Twitter, um, at Caleb underscore Parker. Um, our website, bravecorp.co. All right. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure. I love what you're doing. You inspire me all the time. I love your merch. You're all the things. You're just killing it right out of the butt, like right out of the gate. Brave is like this strong, cool brand. Well, I, I appreciate you, Kat, and um, keep being a misfit. Always, man. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Caleb. Thanks for listening to Coworking Out Loud. And by the way, thank you to everyone who celebrated our 50th Coworking Convo. And while I'm feeling the gratitude, thanks to all of our amazing lab members. I appreciate and admire you all. It's a joy to see you rising and shining. See you next time.